Unfortunately, society right now is anti-male. It's, you know, Gillette did the commercial about toxic masculinity and so many people are anti-male. Oh my God, every time I post man up, I get, I get flamed. Imagine right. what you get. Yeah. Exactly. So you could you could just imagine, and look, rightfully so, right? You got Harvey Weinstein and you got Bill Cosby, those filthy fucking assholes. Welcome to another episode of The Empire Show. My name is Bedros Koulian with my co-host, Craig Ballantyne, and this is a show that helps you build an empire, helps you develop personally and professionally to the highest level. Today, we're gonna talk about men, specifically who are entrepreneurs, married, and have kids, and have found themselves in a place of depression and white-knuckling through life and wondering how they've fucked themselves and looking to unfuck themselves. Let's yes. go. Yes, this is gonna be about this thing yeah. that you call the project. Now, before we get to the project, I wanna talk to you about kind of a, a disturbance I see in all the direct messages I get through Instagram. Mm. And, and people, I describe it, I use this analogy of the donkey story. Oh. Not, not the Tijuana donkey story, but the donkey story that goes like this. And this is a story that my father told me when I was a young man. And I don't know if it's true or not, but you know, we grew up on the farm and he said, little Craigie, do you know what happens when you put a donkey between two bowls of water? And I go, I have no idea. I'm not even sure why we're talking about this. Dad, he goes, he goes, listen, the donkey in between two bowls of water, it's paralyzed. It doesn't know which way to go. It can't make the decision. And every single day, I get all these direct messages from entrepreneurs of all ages, mm. all genders, and, and all situations. And they're asking me, well, I should, can I, should I do this or should I do that? Or I've been thinking about doing this. And they're paralyzed and stuck. And that's why I love this whole idea of the project so yeah. much. And this this whole project kind of came from your own growth, right? It did. It did, actually. So those of you who have read Man Up, um, as you know, Craig, in 2010, you were kind of the inspiration for the project when you really think about I'm it. I'm like a Canadian Navy SEAL. <laughs> you are a Canadian Navy SEAL. We're you know. sea otters. The, the <laughs> Navy <laughs> sea otters. <laughs> and, and in 2010, you were chastising one of our... With love, but you were chastising one of our mastermind coaching clients, and you were saying, cut your deadlines in half, cut them in half again. And I remember having told Diana that one day I want to run a marathon with you, because she's a marathon That runner. was like your wedding promise. Like, I mean, it was if like, you, hey, if you marry me, I'll run a marathon with yeah, you, right? Okay. And because I always said, you know, hey, I'm designed to lift weights, and I'm all about lifting weights, et cetera. And when we do that, we put ourselves in a box, right? And so... Sure. Of course, at that point, nine years had gone by, dude, and I had not run a single marathon with her, and she was running three marathons a year. Wow. Yeah, so, so that said, as I heard you telling this guy, cut your deadlines in half, cut them in half again, you know, work with urgency, mm -hmm. I got so inspired and gassed up, I texted her under the table as you were going off, and I was like, hey, when's your next marathon? She goes, in six weeks. I said, great, sign me up for it. She goes, okay. And if you remember, across the room in that, in that mastermind was one of our clients, Jill Brewer. Yeah, Run with Jill.com. Yeah, she was a running coach. And so I was like, hey, Jill, you got to coach me on this thing. And she goes, well, you should not do a full marathon. There's no way you can do it in six weeks. I said, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out who I am. I'm basically going to step up and slap the dragon and see what I'm made of. Right, because I've never run long distance before, and in six weeks I'll run 26.2 miles. And let me start with my first training session wearing Converse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in fact, when she wrote me a program, a running program, the first day was a run or a walk jog for one mile, and the next day my hips and knees were hurting. And I, 
and I called influence. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I called her and I said, "Hey, what gives?" She goes, "Well, are your shoes old?" And I go, "No, they're brand new Converse." And she goes, "You're you're an idiot. Yeah, you're running in Chuck. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're, I'm running in Chuck Taylors." So all this to say that since then I went through you know a surf challenge, a rock climbing challenge, or recently finished a jujitsu challenge. Things that scare me, put me out of my comfort zone. Things that I'm not naturally good at, I throw myself into now because every time I do, I see what I'm made of. I see what my tolerance level is. I learn new things about myself, my personality, my emotional resilience, mental toughness, physical strength, and it helps you. Helps you on airplanes when people go crazy. Yes. And the MMA training allowed you to choke the guy out and that's give right. him the plastic handcuffs. That, that's, that's right. That's right. We, uh, true story, guys. I was, we were flying back from Maui, my, my family and I, and some dude was a flight risk, and he went nuts. And um, I, had, I had just finished the MMA training with Aaron oh. Weatherspoon. At the time, he was the welterweight king of the cage champion. And I put him in a rear naked chokehold, choked the motherfucker out, and then we were able to zip tie him with the plastic handcuffs, and uh, LAPD took him away when we landed. But all this to say that you can be a hero and challenge yourself. Right, exactly. But, but truly, as people started reading my book, Man Up, everyone's asking, like, man, you gotta put together some kind of thing for us to be able to break ourselves down mentally, physically, emotionally, just like you did with these challenges over those five years so that we can learn about ourselves and we can rise emotionally and become better leaders and decision makers, better communicators, husbands, fathers, entrepreneurs. And I was like, dudes, I don't know how, so stop reaching out to me about that. But every day I'd get five or six DMs still. And so while I kept saying I don't know how month after month, in the meantime, all of a sudden I meet the uh, SWAT sniper. And then I meet the Navy SEAL. And then I meet the Marine. Yeah. And I realize the universe is putting all the right people in front of me to help me break down these men who have, like me, fucked themselves into stress, anxiety, overwhelm, confusion, poor communication, messed up relationship. Maybe and I think it, I think it's important, like you you let off saying, hey, listen, this is you know, this is really going to resonate with men who are married, couple kids, business owners. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that in a second uh, once you talk about the first project yeah. and how and why you, you spoke to that group. But, but certainly having, you know, it's kind of like that A-team on your side yeah. that, that you yeah. put together this project on. So. Yeah, so there's five of us, actually. Like I said, the Marine, the Navy SEAL, the, um, the SWAT sniper, uh, and then, of course, Aaron, who's a, got a background in MMA training and entrepreneurship and myself. Yeah. Yeah. So over 75 hours, we take these guys through a physical, mental, emotional breakdown, uh, and of course, a lot of classroom time. And we have to suspend disbelief and fatigue you to the point where we can tap into the trauma that people have experienced. Like, no one has gone through life without experiencing some level of trauma. That trauma ends up putting what filters on your eyes and ears, and you see the world in a twisted, fucked up way, and you end up actually taking making decisions and taking action based on the trauma that you had as a kid or as a teenager. And so what we do, that the exercise we put them through, which is all desk written stuff, is called the seek and destroy. We seek out the traumatic events in your life. We figure out what false belief systems, toxic cognitions they've given you. And then we reverse engineer to make those your superpowers. Like I was molested by two older boys when I was a kid between the ages of four and five. That trauma had made me Angry, shameful, confused, and but now I've been able to reframe it as it's also made me compassionate and empathetic mm. towards people because I know what suffering is like. And so that's one of the biggest things that I'm able to connect with people on is at a very empathetic, compassionate level. 
And so that's become my superpower. So that's what we help these guys with. We help them unfuck themselves in 75 hours and they become what we call modern day knights, which we need more of. Absolutely amazing. And it's very interesting. So this is, you've, you've done one and I was speaking to a couple guys who had gone through it at our Empire Summit on the weekend. Yeah. One of them, uh, Big Matt, I was talking to him and he, he had this really great story about when he was in the airport after, okay? So, he, so first of all, he goes, after, after the couple of days, you know, some of the things I was thinking, why are we doing this? Man, it was tough. And like, you know, he's 50 years old and he was like worried he couldn't keep up with things. And then he said he was walking through the airport on the way home. And he said he just, he just felt like he wasn't like anybody else. Right. And he was walking through and he goes, and my, you know, my penis was six inches longer than usual. You know, he's yeah. walking through like he had this, he's all jacked up. But he goes, the, the way that he uh, described the mental breakthroughs was, he said it was like if you've ever been away from your phone and turned it off for a long time and you turn it on and all the, the things start showing up. For, you know, over the 75 hours, he was like, I don't know why we're doing this. I don't know why we're doing this. And as he was, you know, recovering on the way home and on the airplane, he goes, all of a sudden, all those things started downloading. I got, oh, I see why we did that. 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 And it really connected with him. And I absolutely loved how he, you know, it's like you don't leave there like you're a totally different person right away, but you're definitely a different person. Yeah. And then over time, this strength and resilience that you built up over that weekend or whatever, you know, 75 hours really starts to come through, yeah, right? That, that's exactly it. And what we found with all 10 graduates, now 12, 12 men started that first class, class 001, and at the end of 75 hours, only 10 graduated. Two of them rang the bell and left and are... Well, let's talk about more about that. Well, like, over the yeah. 75 hours, where did, where did the first guy break down? How many hours in? Why did... Um, about, about 29 hours in, he broke down simply because he was unable to deal with... So some of the things we do is we give you failure drills. Drills that are designed for you guys to work as a team, but designed to fail. But you don't know what's designed to fail and succeed. So when you fail, do you quickly start blaming others? Do you take responsibility? When we say, hey, whose fault was it as instructors? Do you band as a team or do you start pointing fingers? And very quickly, this one of these guys was starting to point fingers, was starting to blame others, not realizing that this exercise was designed to fail to create conflict amongst the men because for far too long, these men have never really communicated their feelings, their thoughts, they've never given feedback to their employees, never really felt like they had the right to communicate to their wives and kids, etc. And so what do men do? We, we put it deep inside, we suppress things, we put it in a box and we ship it away. And so to create an environment that's a controlled environment for men to communicate and give feedback, direct, brutal, honest feedback, uh, and this guy wasn't able to take that and it, it wasn't a physical thing, like he was just gonna go any longer. He was emotionally weak and beat up and walked up and rang the bell. He, so this was not, he was not encouraged to ring the bell? He, no, 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 he was, it was not. His, yeah, it, it was his, yeah, it was his decision. The second guy. Would you say that he just, like, he just needs some time and he'll probably be able to come back and like. Absolutely, yeah, anyone okay. can go through it. It wasn't a physical limitation, it was a mental limitation. Because when you're tired and slightly hungry, and fatigued, we set the odds in the favor of you trying to quit, but my job is to be the papa bear. Let me ask you a yeah. question. Let me ask you a question here that I know a lot of our listeners are thinking, especially our female listeners yeah. are thinking, and you're like, why just men? Or, uh, simple. Why just men? <laughs> <laughs> simple. Unlike women, we are a bit reclusive. We don't 
necessarily go out as a group and openly talk about our, about our fears and frustrations and emotions and thoughts and feelings. Men don't do that. Women are really good at doing that. Yeah. For men, the way we tend to learn is, or communicate, is by breaking ourselves down to see what we're made well, of. Through a lot of team right? sports. And team sports, yeah. You, I mean, every guy who works out knows this for a fact, and, and women who work out know this for a fact. When you're in the gym pushing your body against a lot of weights or cardio or resistance or challenging yourself, you learn a lot about, yeah. you know, do I stop at rep number eight or can I eke out three more repetitions? Do I do 26 sets or did I say I'm gonna do 26 sets but walk out at 25, and what did that say about me? Like, these are the things that begin to challenge you and mold you. And so men need that environment. Women organically are able to create it, men need it. Also, as instructors, I can't relate to women and their feelings and emotions, et cetera. Right. And so it wouldn't be fair of me, because women do ask, like, hey, can I join the project? Absolutely not, because it's an environment for men to be able to feel safe and open up and communicate, learn. It gets very brutal. Uh, they see sides of themselves they've never met. Hmm. They see sides of me, because a lot of these guys are like coaching, some of them are coaching clients, some are people that have bought products, they follow me on social media, and they see a side of me they've never met. And they see a side of me that they've never met because this is a side that needs to come out to pull them out of their shit, right? And so it's an it's, it's a ugly but very beautiful uh, experience because for all 10 guys, I saw the, and all the instructors saw the exact moment when the light switch flipped and they no longer were looking at the bell to quit. They were like, I fucking got this and I know what's going on. Second guy who quit, what happened there? Second guy who quit, he was probably about maybe 10, 12 hours away from graduating, from graduation, yeah, 10, 12 hours away. I uh, can't really tell you what the evolution was because obviously when people go through it, part of this whole project is you can't talk about the project. People go like Fight Club, yeah, I like Fight Club, but it's not for any other reason. If you know what's coming, then right. it won't, you won't have the same experience. Yeah, yeah. But we set up an experience that would create confrontation again, uh -huh. and, um, and you weren't supposed to, and you were supposed to tell a story. Uh, I mean, this became an elaborate thing. Like, we yeah, just yeah. pretty much like about 30 miles of Chino Hills. Oh, wow. Thing. Not only our compound, BK Strength, but also 30 miles of Chino Hills. And in that time, uh, this guy didn't stick to the story that the, him and his boat crew or their team had planned. And when they got back to the compound, um, his team confronted him, and he felt like a loser, and he walked up and rang the bell. What he should have done was, guys, I broke. I didn't hold the team as a priority. I held myself as a priority. Because you're, you'll, solo, you'll never go as far as you can as a team. And uh, hey, guys, if you know, I'll make it right the next time. And that's it, and he should have just stuck. But instead, he gave up and rang the bell. That's amazing. And, and so this weekend at the Empire Summit, I pulled aside Ray Cash Care, one of your, uh, yeah. your Navy SEAL in the group. Yeah. And, you know, because I'm really curious about this whole hell week and everything. And, and I had read David Goggin's book and really enjoyed it. And, you know, he had gone through hell week three times. And so I said to Ray, who only went through it once, and I said, Ray, what was the moment? What was the moment where youth... You maybe had some doubts, or what was the hardest moment of it? And, and he said he never had doubts of quitting. He never believed he was going to quit. But the hardest moment of his hell week was on day three. They were doing something called Steel Pier. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what the heck is Steel Pier, man? And he goes, you're, you're laid pretty much naked on a, on a, a steel platform, a steel pier, 3 o'clock in the morning or something like that. And, 
and your skin is sticking to it. That's how cold it is. And eventually you, you get up out of that thing um, and then they ask you to do something so menial like tie your shoes and you can't even tie your shoes. And, and he just like, that was the hardest thing. But then once he got through that, he knew he, yeah. knew he was gonna go all the way. I mean, I just, I, that was fascinating, fascinating story. And, so. and, and a situation like that, I, I've read a lot of those Navy SEAL books, like the Steel Pier Evolution is literally lay down, get wet, jump into the cold water, come back around, try and tie your shoes or do something menial, lay down again, get wet, jump in the ocean again, and they don't know when it ends. Yeah. And it becomes psychological warfare, especially when, you, in their case, they go a whole week with no sleep or virtually no sleep. Yeah. In our case, it's 75 hours with very, in 75 hours, they get about six and a half hours of sleep. Hmm. Um, and, and so, again, that's designed to fatigue you to another level. And when you don't know when an evolution ends, are you just going to walk away from your team? Are you going to communicate? Are you going to give in to the inner bitch or kill the inner bitch and build the inner beast? And those are the things we talk about. And as you said, just like Big Matt Aspute told you, you don't just all of a sudden go like, hey, I understand life. Yeah. In the next two weeks, literally things start clicking because in two weeks, within that two week period, you get put in a situation where you have to be decisive and you're like, shit, this is gonna be an easy decision based on what I just experienced. Got it. Or you have to problem solve and you go, this is gonna be an easy thing to problem solve based on what I just experienced. Because all of a sudden your thermostat for problem solving, decision making, communication has gone up because you had to problem solve under the most horrific situations that we put them under. And we assign leadership to people. One guy, his leadership went away literally in a minute and 42 seconds. He got the leadership watch, because there, there's only one timekeeper in the whole group. He got the leadership watch, he fucked it up. Within a minute and 42, it went away. He got another chance, whatever, 40 some odd hours in, and he was able to keep that leadership position. So look how quickly he evolved. So what took me five years to go through all these challenges and evolve, um, and find my voice and my, and, and my communication ability, decision-making, et cetera, problem-solving, these guys do it in 75 hours, and it's just game-changing. So this is a slightly different question. You guys had to design this, yeah. five of you guys. This is the first run-through. I remember the first time I built a Perfect Life workshop, which is an hour-long day, and I was like, I don't know if this can take 16 hours, it can take three hours, and, it, and fortunately it took exactly eight hours that day I did the workshop. What about you guys? Like, did this thing run like 99% yeah, or like, yeah. do you have to change some things? Uh, Without we, revealing too much. Yeah, we, we only had to change one evolution to meet time. Uh -huh. uh, but all five of us instructors went through this thing three times ourselves. We wow. put ourselves through it. Yeah. Wow. So if we're gonna put you in a position where let's just say there might be a black hood over your head and your arms might be zip tied behind your back, much, we, better, much better than a white hood over here. Yeah, head. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You don't want the white <laughs> no. hood. That means you're down south and bad things are about to happen. Yeah. But, Everything we did, I can't go into the details, but every instructor has gone through every piece of it, and Got we, it. Timed, we okay. timed it all to make sure that it was gonna be happening in the 75 hours. Yeah, because there's a lot of margin for error there. Okay, yeah. so so wrapping it up, what are the big benefits that, that a man is going to, oh, actually you should, we, we didn't mention why men with, with kids, and, and, and it goes back to the two people that dropped out, you said, yeah. we're both single, no kids, and, and not married or something like that. Yeah, you one found was single. The guys who yeah, did. yeah. Uh, of the two who dropped out, one was single, about to get married, and one was married, no kids. Got it. And if you're a male, have kids, and are married, look at it. And, and you're an entrepreneur. Look, look at what you got to balance. Yeah. Business, kids, the guilt that my kids are growing up and I'm not there. I've got that. I don't remember certain parts of Andrew's life. He's my oldest because I was so 
in a fight or flight state trying to grow the business. Yeah. And we didn't even take enough pictures of him because we'll, both me and my wife were just in it, right? And so there's still guilt that I carry about that. Yeah. And so if you're trying to balance out life, family, kids, a wife, date night, so the wife doesn't feel like the business is the other woman, right? This is what happens. Or you're with your family, but your brain is distracted and it's in your business. And all because you don't know how to prioritize, you don't know how to organize, you don't know how to structure your life. This is what this project is for, for the men who have so much on their plate but don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And uh, this gives them the big breakthroughs to deal with it. But we do you do you deep. think that the single guy and the the, the guy who doesn't have kids is too selfish to finish? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've never had to wake up at two in the morning with their child throwing up yeah. with a fever and then having diarrhea out that's the why other they end. Quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every other dad has yeah. like. You know, you lay down for an eight hours of sleep and then you, you're up all night cleaning up throw up and diarrhea and holding a baby who stinks <laughs> and you're just like, this is what I'm meant to do. Yep. And whereas a single guy is like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I had to wake up. I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So the big benefits, you know, we've talked about a lot of what Matt left with and how it downloaded to him and how you make decisions better. Anything else that, that, that men listening who need this, who need to get unstuck, need to understand about yeah. this, these three days. Yeah, unfortunately, society right now is anti-male. It's, you know, Gillette did the commercial about toxic masculinity and so many people are anti-male. And look, there's- Oh my God, every time I post man up, I get, I get flamed. Imagine right. what you get. Yeah, exactly. So you could, you could just imagine, and look, rightfully so, right? You got Harvey Weinstein and you got Bill Cosby, those filthy fucking assholes yeah, yeah. doing really bad things. But that kind of is a very broad stroke with the paintbrush of, well, it's because they're toxic men. The reality is it is also these men who are aggressive, who go to war, go to battle, take the battle to the enemy. This is why we're so safe in the states that we live in. But all that said, I think men are in a place right now where they don't know their identity so well. They don't know, they, they don't know how to be aggressive, but in a modern day night kind of way. Hmm. Dude, I'm a pretty aggressive guy. I love how Jocko Willink says default aggressive. Like Jocko Willink's whole thing is like default, have your default set to aggressive. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean go and rape someone. Go and be a freaking asshole to Never a woman. Never hurt someone. Right? Never hurt someone. So the modern day knight opens doors, protects those who can't protect themselves, stand up, stands up for what's right, has a solid ethos. And so these guys walk away with a nine sentence creed mm. for, the, for the modern day knight. It's called the modern day knight project. For short, we call it the project. Yeah, mdkproject.com. mdkproject.com. And so they walk away with a nine-sentence creed. That they create or it's your, it's everybody's? It, it's, it's what I created for myself that I give to them and I go, hey, just live by this until you can create your own. And so far, all 10, and including the instructors, just love that. In fact, two of the, two of the wives were at Empire Business Summit oh, okay. this past weekend. And they both pulled me aside and said, hey, um, my husband told me the creed and I started crying. Wow. Because it literally starts off with, I'm a man of my word. When I make a promise, I keep it. Got it. Right? And then the last sentence is, I have tremendous attention to detail. I have high standards of expectations, and I'm driven to dominate life. Hmm. And so now you have to live by that code and that creed every single day, and we teach them how to do that. And this is what men were lacking for so long. All right. So the next one is November 6, 7, 8. Yes, November 6, 7, 8 in beautiful, sunny California. Yes, absolutely. That's probably where they all will be. Yes. <laughs> all right. And so mdkproject.com yep. or send you a direct message or whatever it is so that you get on this. Now, for those of us that, that can't participate, women who can't participate, 
people who can't make it, what can people do in the meantime? How can they challenge themselves to up-level their game in every area of life? Dude, that's a great question, man. What they need to do is they need to understand that there's certain people like yourself, like myself, like uh, Andy Frasilla, Ed Milet, um, Jocko Willink, who have written books, have channels and platforms. Tony Robbins, right? right. So start ingesting and applying that content, whether it's in the book format, a one one minute snippet, or a 40 minute video on YouTube. Like do something to be an active participant in the leveling up of yourself. You don't have to necessarily go, well, I need to go do the project or else. The project will get it done in 75 hours the way we administer it, but until then, you can be an active participant in the success of yourself. Yeah, and here's an example. So I read David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, and I'm like, Listen, I've, I've done my running for life. If I went and did ultra marathons, it would, it would mess me up in a way that wouldn't be beneficial to me. Yeah. So I thought, what's really hard that I absolutely would not want to enjoy that takes something away from me? And I decided that every, every first of every month, I fast on the first. I do not eat anything. All I do is, is drink water. And so that starts about 8 p.m. the night before on the 31st. It ends about 7 or 8 a.m. on the 2nd. So it's really about a 32 or 34 hour fast, which is a lot for some people. For other people, they, they do a little bit more. But I mean, I don't enjoy it, but I'm committed to it. I've done it in social settings, at big group dinners where I've just had to sit there and watch people eat. And, and it, it, I think one of the things that you talked about, uh, about building confidence, about the making promises to yourself and, and sticking to them when nobody else around you is what builds confidence. And I, I, I tell myself, uh, between, in the witching hours, between 2 and 4 in the afternoon of that 24-hour fast, that's the hardest part for me. Um, I find like it's just I, I haven't been able to enjoy any food or my little rituals that go with the food. And that part is the hardest. I'm a little bit tired because there's no caffeine that day either. Uh, but I'm doing it for the similar reasons as what you guys do the project for. So everybody listening, look for something. Um, you know, We didn't talk about one six-week six challenge, though. That was one of your hardest. Which one was that? The drinking beer every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> Six weeks of drinking yeah. beer. Most people think that'd be so easy. And, but Everybody tells me that. disliked it. Yeah, because I'm not a beer drinker. I'll, right. I'll take a good cocktail. But, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn to drink beer, and I'm going to be able to identify different types of beers. You sure. know, ales, pilsners, etc. And so, you know, some days I would have one beer. Some days I would have... As the weeks went on, I was actually seeing the addiction kick in. Right, and the tolerance. Yeah, and the tolerance, right? So it's like, hey, I don't feel that buzz from one beer anymore that took off the edge. Let me just have another. And truth be told, week number five and six of my six-week challenge of drinking beer every day, uh, it was actually every night after work, I realized, man, I'm drinking three, four, five beers. Wow. And then there was random nights where I'd go to bed, and my wife would wake me up, and she goes, hey, man, it's almost midnight. You didn't drink your beer. And I'd run down, op crack open a can, chug a lug, go upstairs, brush my teeth, and go to bed. One of my favorites was I had to take my fish oil pills with a beer one yeah, night because yeah, yeah. you were like, <laughs> you were late on your fish oil yeah. pills and your beer. Yeah, because I told myself, if I miss a day of drinking beer, the six weeks starts over again. Oh. And yeah, dude, that one I actually gained uh, about 14 pounds in six Come weeks. On. Yeah, because then as, as here's what happens, right? Is that the beer and pretzel roll challenge? It, well, it was the beer and bowls of almond because uh -huh. as the willpower goes down, uh, yeah, once yeah, you yeah. drink a little bit, yep. bowls of almonds tend to find their way into my pie hole. There you go. There you go. Well, just such a powerful episode. You know, I thought this was going to be a short one, but this is one, and this one is going to hit a lot of people in the heart yeah. because it should, because it's very, very important. So, mdkproject.com, Modern Day Night, November 6th, 7th, and 8th, right before you come and speak the next day at the Perfect Life Retreat.com, yes. which is 
my big event in uh, in November in San Diego. So for everybody, we talked about the Empire Summit a lot on this show, and the Empire Summit is unfortunately over. It was absolutely amazing. It was I've I had so many people there who have been to a lot of events, said it was the best event they've ever been to. We had Tom Bilyeu, we had Billie Jean, we had Shanda Sumter, we had you, Sharon, myself, all great speakers, plus our hot seats and round tables at night, plus the workouts with Ray in the morning. It was absolutely amazing. Now, if you couldn't make that one, we have another one coming up that you're speaking at, Jason Capital is speaking at, Sharon Sarazza is speaking at. It's the perfectliferetreat.com, November 8th and 9th in San Diego. We would love to see you there. And we have hot seats and round tables on the Boom. evening of the 8th where you get to ask mentors in many areas your questions. All right, so get down there or get to mdkproject.com and level up, level up. Man or woman, time to level up.